there was something that I noticed about you and there was this great passion in your heart. Okay. What is driving that? Um, it's a spontaneity maybe. I, I, there, is a no, there is no name. There's no such, just inner feeling. You know, some feelings are very, it's very difficult to describe. There's a force inside me. I'm not talking about Star Wars force, but there is a force inside me that keep pushing me, that there is a patient, some there's a very passionate about something. It can be traveling, it can be going to the forest and meditate, or it can be playing with the children. As you can see, I do have, I was known as the best babysitting mom, actually. <laughs> those kids have grown up almost some of them become a teenager that i used to hang out or babysit all the kids in canada in colorado not for money but you know they are my friend we're a graduate student the parents yeah. are busy at taking care of the kids also at the same time they allow me to stay at their places also there so, yeah okay so, yeah every little bit tiny thing i'm sure you are also the same there is a very passionate about something that I do in every field. If something's not calling me, usually I don't do yet. Yeah, I cannot describe why this is and how it is, but simply it's called the dustness. T-H-U-S-N-E-S-S. Suchness and dustness. Mm. And that's, 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 that's how I feel that something. Yeah. So when you do something, you do it with all your heart. Yeah, whatever I do, I I just I just give to myself uh, completely. Uh, completely, maybe completely wrong, but at least from ninety to ninety five, that's when I give everything. I don't give hundred to anything, including myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a hundred guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Sharon Land with the Thrive with Sharon podcast. And as always, I am so excited about this new venture. Um, I, I still keep pinching myself with all of the beautiful individuals that I have met. And I've always said that I wish that I could record these moments. Um, and one of those was definitely with the individual that I have today. His name is Bonte. He is the nomad monk. And we met actually on Clubhouse of all applications. And he has made it his mission to travel around the US and probably even more than that. We'll learn more today. Um, so I absolutely had to have him uh, on this podcast because I feel as though there's just so much that we can um, gain from understanding, you know, just the practical questions like how how do you become a monk and where do you find your calling and, and all of those things and, and we'll see where the conversation goes from there. But Bonte, I just, I'm so grateful that you are here. I am so blessed that now I have another friend and um, I just can't wait to get into this conversation. So tell me where you are right now. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for having me. And so right now I'm in Washington, DC. Actually not inside of Washington, DC, little, maybe like 16 miles away from Washington, DC, but that's how people see in Washington, DC, even though you are not like yeah. people in New York City are not actually New York City, but like, you know, not very far away. 
Right. So in Maryland, it's called uh, I think uh, um, uh, area is called Echo Cake, like sixteen miles away from Washington D.C. Mm. So if you ever happen to be here, if I'm still here, so you're welcome to stay my place, too. Oh. Yep. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Thank you so much. And that's that's one of the things that I said when I heard you speak for the first time. And of course, Clubhouse is an audio app, so we don't get a chance to actually have this, which is amazing that we get this extra added feature today. But I could hear the passion in your heart. Um, and so I immediately said, I've got to send a message. I've got to say hello. And I've got to look into more of what this beautiful soul's life has been and what they're doing right now. And you haven't been, you've been in many different areas and you've been to many different like, is it just in the U.S. or? Uh, yeah, for the last few years, uh, uh, three, four, five years, and mostly in the U.S. Uh, yeah. But before I was uh, in, in Canada, in Europe too, mostly the Eastern Europe, all the way from Germany to Finland, etc., cetera, uh, Estonia, Latvia, those countries too. Uh, occasionally I was in, 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 uh, in London also. And then... Uh, in Sri Lanka, in, back in Asia, mostly Sri Lanka, Myanmar, India, Nepal, and Bangladesh, where I came from, which is, I think. Mm -hmm. So you're from Bangladesh originally? Yeah, so originally from Bangladesh, uh, call, um, the minority uh, group of people known as Marma people, I'm going to spell it out, M-A-R-M-A, M-A-R-M-A, Marma people. Marma. Yeah, ethnically, we are kind of connected with more people from Myanmar or the Burma, the country. Mm. So ethnically, my probably grand-grandparents are from Myanmar, but they settled down in Bangladesh called in the Chittagong Hill Tracks. And this is where I was born, which is why I don't look like a Bengali. People from Bangladesh are known mm. as a Bengali, more, you know, dark brown skin. So, mm. okay, there you go. Yeah. So when did you decide from Bangladesh, when did you decide, okay, it's time for me to start these feet to move and have them literally traverse across the world? Yeah, that's a very, very complicated <laughs> story, experiences. Yeah, so let me begin with how I became a monk, unless you're asking that questions or- <laughs> Oh, sure, yes, absolutely. I think, I think so many people like myself mm -hmm. are really curious about that journey to becoming a monk. Yeah, so, well, I did not become a monk because I liked it. Mm. I also became a monk, not I did not like it. Mm. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> becoming a monk, it's not my choice either. Mm. But eventually it became a choice. Eventually I like it, which is I'm still a monk. Uh, meaning is that in, <clears throat> uh, in our culture, uh, in the Marma culture, Perhaps any other South and South Asian culture too, like Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, Myanmar, etc. Every male has to become a monk. Every mm -hmm. male, regardless of their status, either married, non-married, or little kids, they have to become a monk at least three times a year. Oh, sorry, three times, uh, three times in their lifetime. Mm, okay. Uh, so what happened was, and, and also when our, someone's parents die, their son also ha have to become a monk. It's called a temporary ordination. Mm. Since temporary ordination is 
we as a <coughs> uh, uh, we became a monk stay from few days to few weeks or a month depends on how long we can stay you know the, for monks yeah. there's so many rules regulation we have to follow sometimes you cannot last even for a few days or so so yes. it depends on how <laughs> Uh, so what happened was when my father died and then and I became a monk, it was not my choice. My elder brother chose me to become a monk because he was the one supposed to become a monk. He's the elder one. Ah. <laughs> but he was having an exam at a university or something. He said, simply go, you became a monk. So believing is that culturally by me becoming a monk, uh, to give some respect to gratitude to our parents so parents have sacrificed a lot for us whatever we have two eyes two ears all the clothes until we become independent until we became independent parents actually supported us so they have sacrificed a lot all the pain angry you know <laughs> worry <laughs> fear everything they yeah they sacrificed a lot for us and also we have to give back to our parents too Living uh, that so by me becoming a monk to honor my father's wishes uh, for seven days and then he may have reincarnated because the Buddhists do believe some kind of reincarnation too. Yeah. Life, uh, this life is not only life; there are multiple series of life. So he he or including my mom too, they will be having better life in the future. Mm. So scientifically, how it works, that I don't know, but. Religious also how it works. I do not know, but culturally that's how I, I, I wish I could do something for my dad parents because I was probably uh, 14, 15 years old. I have no idea how to pay back to my parents yet, but this is only little thing I could do it for my parents. Right. Wow. That's very young. Yeah. So that's how I became a monk only for seven days, not for whole life. Mm -hmm. mm. So the story twisted now. So only for seven days. After seven days, I, I supposed to leave monkhood to become a, a lay life, normal life. Uh, I'll go back to school, high school, or something that. Uh, but before my father died, I was in. I grown up in an orphanage, so my father, my um, my mother died when I was three years old. Then another woman came into our life, maybe because of her. I was had to go to orphanage. That's a different story. No. So. After seven days as a monk, as a novice monk, not a full-fledged monk, yet, novice monk, because I, I don't, I haven't received a full training yet to be a higher ordination. There's a two levels of monkhood, lower and higher. Uh, so, so I don't want to go back to orphanage. It's an awful, very mean, very bully place. You have to be a very tough guy to challenge with, with other uh, uh, students or kids there. And I cannot go back to my home either. I mean, it's also equally very mean, my yeah, my stepmom. Mm -hmm. And only way to survive was to stay as a monk at the monastery, even though I don't like to wake up at five. So, <laughs> yeah. But I got the place to stay, the food, so which is why I I, I stay as a monk. Uh, so I extended for another week. So since then, I keep extending almost every week. Meaning, if I want to wish to leave, I can leave anytime also. Yes, yes. Yes. So from 14 years old until now, you just keep extending by a week. Yeah, probably 14 or 15. That I do not recall. Some of the time date, yeah, it's very uh -huh. relevant for us. I don't have a memory of, but mo most likely yeah, 14, 15, 16, in between maybe. So. Um, yeah. So, uh, a, you know, a, a, a teenager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. 
That's incredible. It's it's like a double, it's a double whammy really, because like you said, there were just so many circumstances be, behind you trying to find, in a sense, a home, mm -hmm. right? Like your home, your heart home. And then, you know, you suffered a loss and the loss of your, you know, your parent and, um, and then also wanting to honor your father. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that your brother said, well, I don't want to go or I can't go. So you go, <laughs> it's like, so you go and you make the best of it. Um, and I'm sure then that I would love to hear more about then what compelled you at the point where you realize that, okay, well, I, you know, I can, I can live beyond this if I want to. I can take care of myself in a way where I don't have to stay in this ordinance, right? Um, but I choose to. So, can you tell me about that? Yeah. So I think after a few months, and also added to another twisted story. Isn't that? Oh my gosh. So isn't that interesting? That as soon as I'm talking to you about home and your heart, home, and family and your ancestry, that your chosen mother mm -hmm. calls you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Wow. It's very sweet, uh, very sweet, very kind, and very caring too. And she helped me a lot for three years when I was in Colorado. She used to pick me up from the monastery and drop me up at the monastery whenever I had a class in the evening or late afternoon. There's no public transportation there. There are, but very not frequent like New York City. Uh, you have yeah. the car. Yes. I don't know even how to drive at the time. So, yeah. Mm. Okay. So, back to that story. Yeah. The story is that the, the, the area, the village when I grown up, it's one of the, the most, at, at the time, actually, in uh, 80s, 90s, 19, I mean, uh, 1980s, 90s, yeah. One of the, the most uh, violent place in terms of majority minority conflict or Buddhist Muslim conflict put in that way in religion. So, uh, so in order to survive, so I had to run away from there eventually. Mm. eventually. And then there are other stories added. So I left uh, just to save my life. My elder brother also, uh, I don't want to go that now, but yeah. So eventually I went to India, from India to Sri Lanka with my own, maybe, I don't know. Uh, 16, 17, maybe at the time, or maybe 15, no idea, the age. Wow. $200, and then I was in Sri Lanka, and then and I had a more the Buddhist education, Buddhist monastic training, everything there in Sri Lanka, and then luckily I got a, a kind of scholarship to study in, in, in Myanmar, the country very close to Thailand, or also known as a Burma also earlier. Mm. There... And from Miam, from Burma, and I came back to Sri Lanka also to continue my postgraduate studies with help of my friend from Switzerland. She helped me financially. And then after that, here and there in Southeast, South, South and Southeast Asia, uh, occasionally in uh, in London also, there's a largest, uh, some of the, a lot of uh, Sri Lankan community also lives in, in, in London, you know, the diaspora community immigrants community because i do speak sinhalese language i mean the sri lankan language too so they invited me to the service because i speak english i also speak sinhalese also that went very well and then 2007 i got a scholarship 
from the U.S. to so to continue my uh, graduate studies. So I came to to the U.S. And then after that, Canada, I got another scholarship from uh, Toronto University from Canada also. And then mm -hmm. I after that to Europe to Estonia for teaching at the universities there. So you and, taught you taught in Europe. Yes, yes, and uh, Tartu, University of Tartu, are also the Tallinn University in Estonia. So, wow, wow. Came back to the US in 2014, 15, no, 13, 14, mm -hmm. and then since then I'm here mostly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things, I, I think that's incredible, and it, everything makes sense when you look back at it, I'm sure, but it probably, I'm sure that there was no real plan in front of you that you said, okay, now I'm going to plan every move that I'm going to make for the next five years. Or, you know, I, I think it's interesting in, in job interviews, a lot of times they, they used to ask questions like, so where do you see yourself in five years and what are you going to do in that time and whatever. And it's just like, I can't imagine somebody asking you that. And yeah. <laughs> because you were literally just being divinely guided yeah so i don't i mean i'm, I'm i claim as a, probably like a self-claimed nomad maybe nomad monk well the idea that the monks are supposed to be nomad monk yeah it says that in pali or in sanskrit the pali is the the language of one sections of buddhism like especially in laos thailand cambodia those buddhist tradition pali is that they are language of scriptures that believe also the language of the buddha also it says the monk should be keep moving place to place for the happiness of the people people like whoever for the working for the compassionate action to the people so we should not stay in one place we should be constantly moving one place to another place one cape into another cape one tree under also another under tree so giving whatever little wisdom we have giving spirituality meditation mindfulness etc and that's the supposed to be monk life but over the years you know once you have a monastery temple probably some of the monks maybe they like to stay one place rather than moving around uh, in my cases Choosing as a nomad life, a nomadic life, it was not also my choice. This accidentally happened to me. Mm. Yeah, accidentally happened. People invite me that I go there and from there to another place, from there to another place. So that's how kind of happening. Yeah, so there was this kind of welcoming. Mm -hmm. And then you said, sure. You said yes. Yeah. Oh. Very difficult for monks to say no, at least this monk. <laughs> it's very very i mean i have friends who are people who are therapists psychologists uh, uh that usually say i have to practice saying no sometimes <laughs> yeah it's very difficult and i get trouble for the saying not to say saying no to no you can't sometimes it's, you can't accept everything also once you accept then you find challenging also there so yeah <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine i mean well it's hard for it's hard for everyone to say no i think everybody can relate to that and having boundaries right and saying well um especially if somebody has a need mm -hmm. where you if your life is here of, to be of service and somebody says i need you mm -hmm. it would be very hard to say no yeah yeah it's tough but so there you go yeah so i find that 
it's it's always fascinating because I of course conceptually I understand that you know of exactly what you've explained, which I think is great because I don't know how many people really understand the fact that it is part of a culture that all men or young boys um, are are kind of required or requested, strongly requested to at least participate as and be a monk and be of service for a period of time. I didn't realize it was only a week. I think that's pretty incredible or the minimum requirement for the beginning is just a week. Um, but I, I'm, what I, I think is so fascinating is the fact that now fast forward to we've connected and I see that on your YouTube channel and on, you know, some of your social media that you're really showing up in places where you're required to have a voice and you're not just like you had mentioned going under a canopy or under a tree, right? Which of course I'd love to speak to the meditative aspects of, of your daily practice, right? However, I think also just as much a living practice that I'm seeing you do is to really be active in advocacy. Yeah. Uh, for me, probably for other monks too, uh, uh, rather than living a seclusion life, you know, away from the society, uh, engaging with the society, I find there is enlightenment, there is awakening. So if I have something keeping myself living in the, in the forest, you know, by keeping myself, whatever practice that I do, or doing without any services, there are two kinds of monks. Uh, uh, one is called Aranyawasi in Pali, again, and the Nagara Wasi. Nagara is a city. Wasi is people who lives in the city. So the, the literal translation is uh, city dweller monk, the monk who lives in the city. Huh. Another group of monks is called Aranya Wasi. The monk, Aranya is forest. So the monks who lives in the forest. Hmm. So usually the monks who live in the forest has a more time for spirituality but you we can practice spirituality even cleaning the toilet too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah uh, but uh the monks in the forest forest dweller monk has a more time for themselves you know to practice meditation to practice spirituality on the other hand the monks who lives in the city has a more social responsibility like people we, for example, whenever I'm in the city or in the town, so people in, like, for example, I'm coming to New New, New Jersey next weekend or this weekend, actually, to give a blessing and prayer for two years old girl. That's how the city dweller monk have some responsibility or there is a hospice related, you know, we have to go to hospital, taking care of the sick people, including prayer, giving a, a talk, also Dharma talk and doing all other social services also. That's a, 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 a city dweller monks they do. So I'm kind of in between. There are something when I need a more peaceful, I go back to the forest and stay there, or maybe self-retreat like this place, there's no one. Actually, there's another one. He will be uh, friends who just came from Michigan. He will be staying for maybe a week or two. Mm -hmm. It's good for actually uh, for self-retreat. You're welcome also to join with me anytime. My One of my friends actually may be coming from Honduras. Uh, in 10 days maybe so she will probably stay for i don't know how long she will stay so it's a nice place uh and on the other hand so i like to do services stuff 
Well, I like to be that more likely service oriented also. By doing service to others, I'm serving myself too. I find peace, I find very peace, I find very happy, I feel very content. Because I, as a monk, I'm not allowed to work or make money, so I cannot give any kind of financial help to other people. But I can do by giving some advices, a small beautiful thing, maybe reading some poem or cleaning up other things. That's the way I can do it. That's what I've been doing also. Yeah. yeah. Besides political activism also, I am. You probably saw on Instagram last Saturday, we had a thousands of people gathered at the Washington DC. We were marching, doing protests also from White House to all the way to Capitol Hill also to bring some kind of justice and to bring democracy in Myanmar also. If you don't know, I'll tell you later context of why we were doing. Yeah, no, of course. And I think, well, I mean, that's that's the thing is I, I, I think that you are, that's where I really see a lot of your passion. And it's, it's really incredible to see you um, being of service in that way. I, I want to touch, I want to circle back to something that you said that I think that it's, um, Something that I've found is, um, you know, becoming more and more prevalent. And I think that more individuals, especially in spiritual communities, right, which it, I think it's almost like an oxymoron to say a spiritual community, because really to be to really truly be of the essence of true spirituality, everyone is your community. <laughs> right? But 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 just to kind of, you know, come and speak. I think that the, the the greatest aspect that we are here to evolve into is this different way of energetic exchange, right? So we talk about, you talked about the aspect of money and the fact that, you know, you can't give $5,000 or a million dollars to someone, you can't pay someone for being of service to you. However, you can, your who you are and your act of service is your currency. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I wonder, do you think, do you give it much thought or what your thoughts are on the fact that, do you think that we can all live that way? I don't think so. Not everyone can do it, which is why we have five fingers, all the difference. So we do need different people in different services. If mm. everyone is the same boat or same, doing the same thing, it would be also very boring. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. You know, I really love your answer on that because I, I think that where some people tend to start to suffer is they feel as though they have this idea that they have this concept that um, because maybe things have been so polarized for them in their lives, mm -hmm that um, they have this idea of maybe a, a way that they would like to live their lives. And mm -hmm. so they want everyone to live that way because then it would, I, I don't know the reason why, because I think everybody is individual and I think that all of their motivations and reasons are different. But I, do you find that there is a certain element of suffering when people are choosing to have such a myopic way? So a one, just a one way, I love the fact that you said, you know, we have 10, 10 fingers, right? We, we have, yeah, own, right. We have even on our own hands, every yeah. single finger has a different fingerprint. Right. So yeah. Yeah. What you on that? Same question. I was asked, uh, maybe two weeks ago, uh, one of my friends, when they came, he came to DC, he, he had the same question too. 
he was kind of afraid that if everybody would become a monk, what happened to to the universe, to the to the earth, who, what would happen to reproductions or the child, the human population, etc. Answer is simple. I don't think that there will be all people want to become a monk or not. Uh, yeah, it's a straightforward. Not everyone, not everyone wants to become a monk or nuns monastic life. It's not that easy. If there is a call for someone, there will be coming. So not everyone. Um, okay, I'm kind of lost. But it was your question. Well, I guess that my question wasn't necessarily that everybody should become a monk, monk, but that we would see see the way that our currency mm -hmm. is currently set up, and it's regardless of really of any country at this point, we kind of all like have the same thing, but a little bit different, you know, with the different uh, aspect of currency, but it's all the same kind of exchange system, but we're talking about a different energetic exchange, right? Oh, yeah, I do remember the suffering. Yeah, I think some people choose to suffer sometime. Uh, it's, I cannot represent also what's going on in their mind, in their head, in the brain, also why they choose that way. Uh, so, but I do feel sometimes, I do like to sometimes, I want to be feel sadness occasionally. I don't want to, I want also cry to sometimes also, uh, actually yesterday I feel it will be sad. Nothing to do with anything. I just simply just want to be sad. So I was just walking actually, and then thinking some kind of very nostalgic other stuff too. Uh, it, it's good. So yeah, it, it's good. Uh, there are moments we need to be sit down and reflect the past, how it went through. If you feel sad, just accept it and then let it go but should not inviting those sadness all the time. That's not good. Including the, whatever emotions we're having, just stay for a while, you know, just play a little bit. That's what I do. If I'm angry, I like to play with angry, you know, and then, okay, move on. I have other things to do. I have Netflix to watch it. Don't come too much angry <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, okay, I just want to feel angry. Okay. I'm going to do something. Okay. I just do something to be angry. That's a human part. That's a fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It really can be fun to just allow yourself to be human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that a monk does that too. Yeah, I don't know the other monks, but I do sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm not saying that you're speaking for all monks. I, I I don't think anybody would, but I appreciate you you really making sure that that's clear because you know it's important to know that. Um. What What would you say if you were to have to choose one? one gift, one blessing for you in your own growth? Because I mean, think back to when you were 14, 15, 16, when you decided, or where you were kind of not not able to decide, but you, you were forced into this being um, in this life. Mm -hmm. And now, mm -hmm. and all of the experiences that you've had, what would you say your greatest gift is that you've received, yeah, you've received from your journey? Uh, it's very simple and very straightforward without any thinking, no pausing, I think good health. If I'm a good health, I think I can take care of myself, including my all the happiness, containment, social service, including under the health. If I'm good health, I can do millions things myself at the same time doing, uh, doing myself, also I'm doing the others also. And in, in there is a saying in one of the texts that I was I was supposed to memorize actually. <laughs> I don't, uh, but I think I'm gonna I will be better phrasing. Uh, uh, it says that health is the greatest wealth. 
yes. is the greatest wealth. So if you're in good health, all everything will come to you. All the resources with money, with happiness, with pleasure, or including pain, <laughs> unpleasant too. Everything's there. So I yeah, any any gift they given to me is all the gifts of the good health. And because of good health, I was able to meet you on Clubhouse and now on Zooming and recording. And likewise, there are millions of other people I met also. Absolutely. And the same goes for me too, right? Because um, mm -hmm. I have had quite a journey of health. That's actually been part of my karmic journey in this lifetime um, is to really uh, transmute and encounter all different types of dis-ease mm -hmm. and uh, learn how to create harmony and balance and, and, and health within that. And um, so I, I completely agree with you. Um, and I love to hear you say that. Uh, and health is not just of the physical body, mm -hmm. right? What, what do you refer to when you're saying health? Like, what do you think of when you say health? Um, taking care of my spirits, my inner spirit or inner consciousness, so inner voice, inner mind, and then taking, taking care of my body, and which is how I walk at least three to four miles a day every day. Uh, well, I'm a monk. I don't make money. I don't, I don't have insurance, so I have to take care of my body, how I can stay healthy. So... Uh, I do have a Medicaid from New York State. They give me, you know, that's I'm very grateful for that to the uh, state of New York and to the U.S. Uh, you know, for that. So, so which is why I need to be, and taking care of my mind and body. So I do. I think we will talk also later on. Yeah, I do it twice a day meditation. Also taking care of my inner spirit inside during the meditation, and also post meditation, post meditation after done sitting meditation. So. Yeah, so I'm uh, since uh, beginning of pandemic last year, and I decided that I like to go to different uh, waterfall, forest, river, mountain, more with, with more with nature actually, uh, which is why I decided to visit and, and uh, for at least twenty to thirty waterfalls this year, and uh, so far I've been to uh, a twelve waterfall. So whenever people invite me, when I come to New Jersey this weekend, I check it. There's another waterfall, not very far away from you, maybe one hour, half away there. So I'd like to go there. I'd like to meditate for five to 10 minutes there by the waterfall mm -hmm. and do hiking. Are you welcome if you're free to join with me too? Oh, I would love to. I would love to. We'll have to talk about the details of that later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you have goals. You set goals for yourself and then you have a goal is important too i know that i mean there are two kinds of philosophy all the time the group will say we need to go other will say we don't need to go i'm kind of in between there are moments we have to make a plan and you know a and b there are options stop and there are times you don't have to just go there and have fun and and spontaneous things will come fall unfold it at the same same time we have to have some kind of goals too yeah yes yeah mm -hmm. i agree with i i i'm totally hear you on that it's it's finding that balance that discernment between um for instance like when we first started before we we started recording i i you know i just wanted to make sure 
um, because all of the guests are a little bit different in the way that they like to handle the interviews. And so I just wanted to make sure, you know, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about? Is there anything in particular? And you said, no, I'm just really spontaneous. I just want to lot. And I said, oh my gosh, that's so great. Like you're speaking my language because I'm very much that just be in the moment and allow whatever needs to come through to come through. And I think that that's really great, especially when it comes to meeting new people and and allowing yourself to explore life. Yet at the same time, if we don't have other goals that are like the, I, I call them like the foundation, right? If we don't have a foundation, then it's hard for us to really receive all of the blessings and have a place to hold it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the other people that I met along my journey is that people who have very, you know, very meticulous planning also people at the end they're kind of frustrated they want to be like a nomad life too and there are a lot of blocks to such a stories also at the same time there are people who have been very spontaneous and by 30 40 they realize that oh we haven't done that they pre-cut something that's why you need to have some kind of you know planning you know goal and then there are things you enjoy also then you can if you balance there's a less suffering less painful less worry less stress yes yes yeah. And so just kind of getting back to the aspect of health, because I think that this fits into it, which is being flexible, like having the goal, but also being flexible, because that really speaks to resilience. And so when we talk about health, we talk about strength, but strength isn't something that's really super hard and firm that, you know, um, is inflexible. And um, so when you talk about the mind, you talk about meditation, you talk about your emotional health, like all of those things are very kind of, you're creating that flexibility um, so that you can really fully embrace life and, 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 live, and live it to its fullest extent and still be of service and still keep moving forward in your goals. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that, uh, was that challenging for you to find that like, kind of perfect spot or perfect balance for you of how much and and what and uh or was that something that um i find for me it's always been a little bit of a struggle because i am very um um i i guess that they would like i i have a lot of air <laughs> so am i i'm a very much like i like to just kind of you know float around um so for me like sticking to something same every day um, is a little bit challenging, but how is it for you? I mean, do you, do you find that it's been easy? It's not much different, much not different than yours. You know, every uh, thing, yeah, there are some challenges. I think the challenge brings some blessing too. If you accept it, there are some good things in challenge. Obviously yeah. it's not that uh, pleasant feeling or pleasant experience, but it has some good, good blessing. So, and then, yeah, I, I do not believe in perfection, perfectionism, something perfection is very boring for me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, just simple. There is uh, some challenges to keep balance between these two, but eventually at the end, I believe I will be okay. I'll be fine. I'll be, I'll be good because uh, for me, the inner resources, the inner wealth is more important than other stuff. I, that doesn't deny that other people made different thing. I do respect that. Do whatever you want to do too, as long as they don't bother me. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, uh, there are some challenges, but challenges are good. I I completely agree. I think some of my life's greatest challenges were my 
on the other on the other side of working through it mm -hmm. and clearing the path through it were some of my greatest gifts yeah challenges are more exciting yeah <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love that perspective okay so next time i'm gonna just say it's exciting when i have a challenge yeah. oh i love that and i'm also by the way really glad that we've met now because i am a recovering perfectionist and so <laughs> i was really boring before <laughs> because i just oh it was terrible it was yes it was a terrible terrible time being a perfectionist um but i, I you know because of what i do and and who usually typically will arrive at um, these discussions, either listening or watching on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, most people are at some sort of a crossroads in their life, or they're really looking to um, kind of up level or upscale or grow or expand or, you know, and maybe even they might have some barriers. Mm -hmm. What would you, what would you want to offer? You know, we're leaving a legacy right now. You know, your life is really literally a legacy. Your 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 life is is a legacy in in and of itself with every single person that you've met. But what would you like to share now? Or do you have anything any thoughts on? Yeah, probably good and bad. And if if it is legacy in my life, and I I guess so, you're right. Maybe in future, which is why my memoir is uh, entitled as uh, bad monk bad stories <laughs> is that so is that published no no yeah i'm still working on there are so many stories yeah oh, yeah i cannot that, wait you have to let me know when that's published so that's that's that that's going to be yeah <clears throat> that's where i want to leave it not everything's good well actually this the idea came in, came into the bad monk bad bad monk bad stories is that uh, before I became a monk, I was in an orphanage. I was reading a book uh, called The Bad Girls, Bad Stories. Oh. She, is a, uh, she was born into Muslim families. I don't think that she's a Muslim practitioner, but because of her cultural thing, she was a very rebellious girl. She doesn't fit into the Muslim narrative, da 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 da. So I can kind of fit into the narrative still. So, and if you're against, you're bad, even though you do nothing wrong. We, we, we all know that if you're, uh, if you're not, fit into the certain type of uh, stereotype uh, narratives, you're kind of not good in, in many ways, in every religious tradition that we find such thing too. Mm. Every, yeah, every religious tradition, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's okay that when life hands you circumstances that mm -hmm. don't necessarily fit into the structure or the mold, or whatever, and you say, well, with the the way that the world is, I don't like any of the choices going forward with trying to deal with this challenge. However, if I can step outside of this structure and really be more of who I am and be creative and, and resourceful, then like that actually feels really right. And so if somebody within that system thinks that I'm bad, then let them call me bad because this is really my path. It's kind yeah, of that, I think that that's the most of the most of the monks of the struggle such. So they are not go out of that traditional box that I am or I, I was able 
maybe because I'm more independent because I had a scholarship from America, from Canada or Europe. So I've been more free spirit than other, other monastic, other my monks friend, which is why many of my monks friend no longer monks actually they left. They're in New York City, they're in Australia, in Canada. Yeah, some of them having a family, another person became a policeman also. Mm. I'm trying to, I, I mean, I asked him one of my friends, we used to stay in the one, the same uh, uh, monastery uh, back in uh, in Myanmar. Uh, he was a monk, as a monk, we usually preach, we tell the people, the lay people or our followers, uh, students that we should not hold the gun, we're against the violence. At the same time, he's a policeman, he's holding the gun. How does he feel? He has <laughs> no answer. <clears throat> he haven't answered my question yet. <laughs> I hope he's a good good cops, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it is. You know, it's it's up to us. How do we make our life more meaningful, more service to ourselves? Meaning, uh, either I want to make my other people, or I want to make happy myself, or in between. So mm -hmm. if, if I'm if I'm very, if I'm afraid, if I fear or stress out what other people think, what other monks community think, I would never be happy. Also, I will be slave to them, making all of them happy. At the same time, my my mental health is not very good. Then, and now I'm outside of this. I do have a good, you know, in touch with them. All are good. Yes. So at the same time, I enjoy my freedom, my liberation. Yes. Not easy, but it is. <laughs> and you know what you speak of is so common. I, I think that your experience of thinking you know your thought process of comparing yourself to other monks and how they might live and how they're trying to you know work if, or or fit in or whatever you're just like i i'm a free spirit i have to choose to be in the ordainment but at the same time be me within that mm -hmm. and and that is liberation and that is real true liberation and i think that's incredible yeah, and along the way we met such people like many people all the time. Yeah. At wherever I go, I mean, yeah, I met things. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's probably one of the things that drew us together because I am very much a free spirit as well. So <laughs> that's definitely um that's definitely always been part of my MO for sure. Um you know, so I spoke of this in the very beginning, and this is the last question that I'm going to ask you because I, I'm so grateful that you had this time to share. And um, I look forward to being able to have another conversation with you. Um, so there was something that I noticed about you, and there was this great passion in your heart. Okay. What is driving that? Uh, it's a spontaneity maybe i i there is a no there is no name there's no such just inner feeling you know some feelings are very it's very difficult to describe there's a force inside me i'm not talking about star wars force but there is force inside me that keep pushing me that there is a patient some there's a very passionate about something it can be traveling it can be going to the forest and meditate or it can be playing with the children as you can see i do have I was known as the best babysitting mom, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids are grown up. Almost some of them become a teenager that I used to hang out or babysit all the kids in Canada, in Colorado, not for money, but you know, they are my friend. We are graduate students, the parents, yeah. 
busy at taking care of the kids also at the same time they allow me to stay at their places also there and then, yeah so great so, yeah every little bit tiny thing i'm sure you are also the same there is a very passionate about something that i do in every field if something's not calling usually i don't do yet yeah i cannot describe why this is and how it is but simply it's called the dustness t-h-u-s-n-e-s-s suchness and dustness mm. and that's 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 how i feel that something yeah so when you do something you do it with all your heart yeah whatever i do i i just i just give to myself uh, completely uh, completely maybe completely wrong but at least from 90 to 95 that's what i give everything i don't give 100 to anything including myself <laughs> yeah i'm not a hundred guy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we don't want to, you know, we need yeah. to keep it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I I love I love your heart. I love your passion. I love your service and I'm so grateful that now I have another beautiful friend in my life because I really feel like we are so much better when we surround ourselves with people who are inspiring and who uh we can connect with on so many different levels and so I am so eternally grateful for this moment and for you and for all that you've done in this world. And now, especially because I get to be alongside a portion of that journey and who knows how long that's going to be. So I want to thank you again uh, for joining me today. And hopefully today won't be the last day that uh, we have this type of conversation. Um, and I'm going to leave all of your information in the comments information behind below. Um, and I want to just express all of our gratitude for your presence today and for all of the beautiful gems of wisdom that you shared and for sharing a part of your life. It's really, it's really incredible. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll give you some blessing. Okay. Give me one. Uh, so yeah. Thank you for having two, having me. I was so, so happy to to talk i haven't spoken with anyone anyone yet so you are the first person to talk in the afternoon and then my mom called me which is blessing i'll call her back right after we're done so i'll do some blessing for you and for everyone too Arahanta nancha tejena rakhang bandami sabbesu Sabbe dhamma balapatta pachika nancha yang balang Arahanta nancha tejena rakhang bandami sabbesu Sabbe sangha balapatta Pachi kanancha yang balang Arahanta nancha tejena Rakhang bandami sabbesu Bhavatu sabba mangalang Rakhantu sabba devata Sabba buddha nubhavena Sabba dhamma nubhavena Sabba Sangha Nubhavena Sada Sati Bhavantu Teti
may you be well, may you be safe, may you find peace, may no harm comes to you. Thank you. Okay, yeah, likewise. Uh, you, okay. Yes, okay, I'm gonna...